0: Welcome to another episode of the Music and podcast. I'm your host Kiana W Mitchell. Well, guys, I've had an amazing week. I have to say, it's been busy, of course, but you know, it's always busy. But it's been amazing just as well. This is like the first week that my kids have not had school, and I'm thrilled. I thought they were going to be out of school. Well, middle school ended the week before last, and my youngest daughter, the elementary school, they ended last week. So this week we have no school. It's been amazing because let me just be real, I don't think that my kids really learned anything at all during this time um, of quarantine because I had to be their teacher. And even though I have some patience and I think, all right, I'm just not a teacher. I will help and I'll try, but when it gets to a point where it seems like it's really difficult, I don't know how to convey what they need to do. So I'll just go, okay, stop, stop here. Here's the answer. We're good. We can be done with this. It's time to end. And then there are also times when I started to read things and I don't know, I've been out of school for a while. It's like after my master's degree, I was done. I have been, I can do webinars and, you know, like classes online about things that I like. <laughs> but when it comes to like schoolwork, oh my goodness, it's like, I don't know what happened. My attention span has shut down. So I was trying to help my youngest daughter. We were trying to do um, some reading and it was like all these paragraphs. I was just like, oh my goodness. So after the first paragraph, it was a wrap I was done I could not go any further it's like I literally just shut down I couldn't think I couldn't concentrate I was like oh this is just too much work and I kept asking her. I was like, do you have to do all these papers in school every day she's like yes I'm just like oh I could not anyway we got through it thank God now I do hope that they go over some of these things because my daughter's gonna have a huge learning curve when she gets to sixth grade so I hope the teachers are understanding and realize that most of us cannot teach like a teacher and so that they need to go over these things again I don't know when they go back to traditional school or what happens but whatever that school plan is for the next year I hope that they take into consideration that these kids are going to need some extra help and some extra learning and don't expect them to know all this stuff because there's no way they're going to know it so yeah that's my hope but you know it's summer now I'm not even going to think about it we'll revisit that in August we'll think about it then real that school is out so I'm very happy about that and the awesome thing is now that there's no school I have more time to do uh, work on my stuff because my kids play games all day and it's so quiet and I appreciate that so I guess that's the plus about having kids that are older very grateful that my kids are older so that's all I had going on I'm excited and life is good on this end with the Mitchells and I hope life is good with you guys now, today we're going to talk about um, how to repair your marriage. I did this episode in season three, but I feel like with everything that's going on, we kind of need to revisit it again because you have been stuck in your house since March probably. And even now that things are being lifted, you're probably still not going out as much as you used to. So, you've been with your spouse a lot. And with, when you want to throw in frustrations with maybe kids and distance learning and finances and... All these other things I know it can get kind of crazy especially when you're stuck with for so long when you may not have been with them for such a long time you know you know before so what I wanted to do is make sure that you're in a place where so your marriage is going to th- thrive at this time I want it to thrive and I don't want this time to tear you apart I have read articles where people are getting divorced this is tearing them apart marriage issues and problems are up, they even said domestic violence was up. So I don't want this for you guys and I don't want this to happen to you guys. So what I want to do is I want to just give you some things that you can do to begin repairing your marriage now. Now, if your marriage is in a good place, great, but you can still use this to repair your marriage, like after the arguments you may have or disagreements, there are things you can do to repair that disagreement and to make your spouse feel validated and loved because i didn't know this for a long time but did you know that you have to do a lot of rebuilding so it's like if you put in like five good things let's say a compliment something else like five positives is something that i try to do every day because five positives every day will help you to invest in your marriage and so if something negative comes up and you keep investing with the positive things and try to eliminate so many negative things, then your marriage is going to get better. It's only when your spouse constantly encounters negative, 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 and there's no reinvesting of anything positive. So just remember, rule of thumb for any relationship, you need more positive than you do negative, more positive comments than negative comments, more praise than what you did wrong. So you need more positives before you do something wrong. Even with constructive criticism, suggested that you give at least five positive things and then after you get the five positive things you can say something like oh but you need to work on this so this is just for constructive criticism in a relationship can you imagine how much positives we need to be putting in and I know a lot is going on but please don't neglect to work on your marriage so what we're going to talk about today is how to repair your marriage so if you're in a good place great this is still helpful for you if you're in a bad place great, this is still helpful for you. Regardless of where you are in your marriage or relationship, this is something that is beneficial for you. So I'm going to let you listen to this episode. And if you want to contact me, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. And it's at the Music and Vibes Podcast. And you can message me or you can just send me a comment, whatever you want to do. But if you want to talk about anything, I'm here. I'm a good listener. And we can just... Be there for each other during this time. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you again next week. All right, bye. Today on the podcast, I would like to talk about some of the reasons why you should stay in your marriage. Now, for those of you who are longtime listeners of the podcast, you know that I don't think of divorce as a first resort. Yeah. I think of divorce as a last resort and that if you can make your marriage work, then you should try to do that. Now, believe it or not, I did not always think this way. I remember being 16, um, talking to one of my friends and I was talking to her and I was like, yeah, when I get married, my husband better make more than me. He better have a nice house, a job, car. Well, I still want him to have a job though. You know, car, all this stuff. Almost he needs to be almost rich, have a whole bunch of money. And he needs to do this, that, and the other. And then I said something. I think it went like something like this. I said, um, if I see after the first year of my marriage is not working out, then I'll just divorce my husband and find somebody else. And that was my philosophy. My philosophy at that time was that there are so many fish in the sea, and that if one person wasn't working out, then I just find somebody else who would work out. And that is even how I thought about it when I was dating or even talking to guys. I would have plan A, B, C, D, E, you know. So one person didn't work out, or I got tired of them, or didn't think that was going to be a good idea. Then I just go to plan B. And that is how I thought at that time. And When I think about all the stupid things I said as a child or in my teen years, I'm like, Kiana, you have no idea what you are talking about. So that was my philosophy then. And that is how I thought. Now, of course, now when I think about that conversation and my mindset at that time, I had no idea what I was talking about. Like, oh my goodness, I was so naive. I had no idea. In my mind, I had this idea that marriage was like a fairy tale and that the husband or boyfriend should be... Like, your Prince Charming. They should cater to you. And if they couldn't do that, then they just needed to go. I had no idea about the sacrifice and the compromise that went into making a marriage work. Now, it's a good thing that I waited to get married and did not get married at 16 because that would have been a total disaster. It's a good thing I didn't get married at 20. Disaster. It's a good thing I waited until I was in my mid to late 20s before I decided to get married so let's fast forward 10 years i'm 26 years old i have been married i've married the man of my dreams but unfortunately i still thought that divorce should be like a first option so this time it wasn't like you just throw him away for anything it was just like well if you see that your marriage is not going well and things weren't working out then i thought that um it was you should get a divorce like the first signs of trouble was like get out abandon ship jump It's done. And I also thought that um, I should get whatever I wanted because I was the wife. And that was my husband's responsibility to make me happy by doing or giving me what I wanted. Or what I said I needed at that time. Yeah. Now I do know that marriage is a two-way street. And I think I knew it then to an extent. But it's one thing to know something and to actually do something. So it's like, yeah, I had an idea. Marriage was a two-way street. And I should be doing things for my husband. But at that time, I just felt that more of the responsibility to make me happy was should be on my husband because I was the woman of the house. Now, after hearing my philosophy and what I thought, and if you add this type of thinking to me becoming a first-time mom and having young children to take care of, in addition to stepkids and my husband and I both trying to get our degrees, then... Oh, and also, let's throw in there a stepdaughter who was acting out at the time. So, yeah, it should come to you as no surprise to anyone that during the first 10 years of our marriage, that it was kind of rocky and that there were a couple of times we were really on the verge of divorce. Now, I think a lot of that had to do with what I thought. Well, I think, to be honest, if I want to put it this way, I'm not saying my husband was 100% like, not responsible for some of the things that happened during those first 10 years because it takes two to make a marriage it takes two to argue it takes two people to make things not work but we're not talking about him we are talking about me and I think that part of growing in your marriage and part of growing into the person that you're meant to be is being able to take responsibility for your stuff and not always looking at what the other person did or did not do because you can't control them you can't control anything they do or say you can only control your reactions and how you react and come on let's just be honest sometimes our reaction is not what it should be sometimes we can take something minor and blow it out of proportion by our reaction by our actions, by what we say, we do this. So today, even though we had our difficult times, I'm not even going to discuss my husband because I'm taking responsibility for the things that I did during this time that made maybe a difficult situation uh, unbearable or a bad situation. So there were a lot of things that I did wrong, a lot of things I said, and I think that, neither my husband or I knew how to communicate without having anger or how to talk about problems instead of pointing out what we thought was wrong with each other. I know that's what's my thing because whenever I got upset, I would I'd be like a lawyer. I would mentally take note of all the stuff you did wrong and then as soon as something happened, oh well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And so That was a lot of it. We didn't know how to communicate. And I personally did not know how to communicate that well. A lot of it also had to do with dealing with the unknown and not knowing how to support each other during difficult times. Or can I say me not knowing how to support him during the difficult times that we were going through. Now, let me tell you, it was a huge learning curve. And there were many days and nights that I cried because I was unsure at first what I needed to do to make things better. And I didn't know where to go. I knew what I should be doing, kind of, because I am the quote unquote self-appointed queen of self help books. But it's one thing to read and know, and it's another thing to do. So you can know something, but you may not know how to implement it, implement it. You may not know how to take action. On the knowledge that you know. And I think that's where it was. It's like I kind of knew what I needed to do. But I didn't know how to take action. Like for example I read the book The Love Dare so many times. Well I tried to read the book The Love Dare so many times. But I was unable to complete that book every time that I read it the reason I was unable to complete the book each time I read it was mainly because it talked a lot about forgiveness, talked a lot about sacrifice, it talked a lot about trying to put yourself in other people's shoes and empathy and all that stuff and at the time I did not want to hear it because I was just like well I'm not the person who's wrong because I thought my husband was more wrong than I was and I did not that I had any culpability in anything that was going on. So of course if I knew what I should do but I'm reading it and I'm like oh this doesn't apply to me because he's more wrong and I didn't do this or whatever then of course it's not going to work and I think that's where it is. And I think that's where so many of us find ourselves is where we look at the other person as being wrong and we don't think about ourselves and what we do we think that they're the big problem and we're just like dealing with what's happening. So That is what happened. So it wasn't until I decided to stop trying to control and change my husband and instead to pray for him and focus on changing myself, that things got better. It wasn't until I realized, Kiana, you need to change. You are not perfect. And it wasn't until I began to see that, yeah, there wasn't just a couple of things I needed to work on. There was like a whole list of things that I needed to work on. So I began to work on myself, pray for him, and changed the way I reacted to some of the things he may, he said or did. And once I thought about it and my mindset changed, some of the things he said or did weren't even bad. It's just because I had this view of what he was supposed to do, how he was supposed to react. And if it didn't coincide with my worldview of what I thought he should be doing, then in my mind it was wrong and you know, you're just wrong. But it wasn't even like that. So it wasn't until I changed myself that things began to change. And I want to point out that sometimes the problems that we face in our marriage are not relationship ending issues at all, but they are instead a symptom of a bigger problem. That problem could be a lack of communication. That problem could be not listening or truly understanding what your spouse is trying to say or what they're asking for, most of the problems in your marriage, no matter how difficult they may seem, can be worked out with the help of a counselor and by changing your mindset and how you react to your spouse. Sometimes an irritable demand is really a cry for help from someone who is unable to cope with the situation at that time and they may not know how to ask for help. and we have to realize we got to cut our spouses some slack at times because we don't even always know how to ask for help. Like for me, here's what I do when I try to ask for help. First, I'll be busy. I'll be doing all the stuff for myself. Then I'll start making little noise like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> and then after a while, I'll start making comments. Well, I'm the only one doing this. I'm the only one doing that. And then I get mad at my husband. Now, is that fair? Not once did I say, Hey, I have a lot going on. Could you please help me with this? Because he probably would have said yes. But I never gave him an opportunity to say yes or even to say no because I made my assumptions like, oh, he's just not going to help anyway. And then I made my opinions and then I reacted based on what I thought. He would or would not do, which is not fair. And I know I'm not the only one who does this. I'm pretty sure you do it too, but I'm just going to be honest with you guys and tell you that's what I would do. So it wasn't until I learned how to communicate and ask for help with things that I needed that things began to change. And it wasn't until my husband began to work on himself and stopped trying to make me do what he thought I should do that things our relationship began to change for him so it's not about two people trying to make the other person do what they want it's about two people coming together realizing their faults and working on themselves for the good of the marriage now here's a good example about a year ago I was talking to one of my sisters and she told me that she and her husband had gotten to a huge argument that morning about one of their cars and that he was fussing at her because the window would not go down Now, of course, as she's listening to this, she's getting very upset because he's blaming her for something that's totally not her fault and it's out of her control. Like, how can she control whether a window works or not? And she was mad because she's like, he knew when he got the car that the window didn't work. So why is he fussing at me about it now when he knew about it before he even got the car? So she was mad. But because my sister had been working on herself and working on Her own personal issues and the way she reacted and did things, instead of like reacting and start to scream at her husband and venting and being mad at him, she did not do that because she learned from a lot of self assessment about herself that she cannot react when she's angry. And that when she's angry, it's hard for her to deal with situations in a rational way, which is true because I found that about myself too. If I'm mad, mostly I'll just shut down. And I'm not going to shut down because. I just don't want to be bothered. I realized that when I'm angry, I don't make good decisions. Um, I don't approach things in a more in the rational way at all cause I'm just so angry. So I always have to give myself time to calm down, think about what happened, assess the situation and then go from there from a rational point of view. So my sister and I were alike with that. So that's what she did. Now she did call me sometime during the day to vent about the problem, but then afterwards she decided to pray about it and then she talked to her husband. and. She talked to him when he came home from work, when he was relaxed, and then she talked to him about what had happened, and she explained to him that um, it made her feel kind of bad because she had nothing to do with the way the car was acting, it was not even her fault, and she felt her feelings were hurt, that he was fussing at her about it. And that is when he apologized to her and he was like, hey, I'm so sorry. He told her he was stressed out about work because he was running late and someone from the office kept calling him to find out where he was and if he's on his way. So, as we see, he fussed, he got mad, but it really had nothing to do with my sister at all. It had something to do with how he was feeling and he was unable to, at that moment, communicate to her how he was feeling. So, that is how he reacted. But if my sister had reacted in the way she normally did, screaming, fussing, and fighting with him, then they would have never come to this conclusion. She would never find out the real reason why he was upset. Because him screaming and being angry with her or seemingly being upset with her was a symptom of a bigger problem. The bigger problem was that he was stressed out about work that was the core issue but if she had just focused on don't you talk to me this way this that and the other she would never found out the core issue and they would have never been able to talk about it and so they decided that the next time he was stressed out or whatever just say hey i'm feeling stressed about such and such and such and then they could discuss it like that or he could say hey i just need some time I'm feeling stressed, and leave them alone like that. But they would have never figured that out if she had reacted the way that she normally did. And so it just goes to show us that sometimes when we react instead of think or try to approach things in a rational situation, when we react instead of trying to truly communicate, then we never get to the core issue. We never get to the heart of the matter. And we're just going off of symptoms. We're trying to fix our marriage by putting band-aids on symptoms, but never finding out what the real issue is. So that is what happened. And that is why I think that even though there are marriages that want to brink up divorce, that it can be saved. We just need to change how we do some things. Um, many times in our marriage and our relationship, many arguments and problems could be avoided if we just listened to each other and if we took the time to deal with the real issue at hand. Just by having meaningful conversations can heal so many hearts and repair marriages on the brink of divorce. It's my belief that the majority of people who get married do not really want to divorce, but because they feel as if there is no hope or maybe they don't know what to do, b- divorce becomes a solution to an unfixable problem. Now, if your marriage is in this type of situation right now, then let me tell you, there is hope and marriage does not have to be... and divorce does not have to be a solution for your problem there are things you can do right now to begin repairing your marriage and we're going to talk about some of those things right now so one of the things that i find very helpful in repairing your marriage is self-assessment what did i just say Mm -hmm. self-assessment now here's why it's important to self-assess when you self-assess you get to know yourself you get to know what makes you tick and i know a lot of people like Well, I already know what makes me mad. No, you don't. You understand, you know why you react a certain way, but you're not really sure of the feelings and the emotions that make you react this way. You know that, oh, if someone said this, I'm just going to get mad. But let's ask yourself, why do you get mad? What is it that made you feel, what is it that happened in your life that makes you respond in anger when a certain thing happened. So it's like, once you begin to know yourself, once you begin to understand the baggage that you have brought with you from previous relationships or your childhood, once you begin to understand yourself and why you do the things that you do, then, and only then, can you understand and change your actions. Like, for example, I mentioned earlier, I know that when I'm angry, I don't make good decisions so if I'm feeling angry I think Kiana calm down why are you upset and I talk about it to myself so I do my own self-assessment and then I'm like okay what do you think he meant by this and then I go and evaluate the problem from a rational standpoint rather than getting angry or like just screaming first so the point is get to know yourself because if you know yourself and know why you do the things that you do then you can understand How sometimes your reactions can make the problem worse instead of better. And once you start changing how you react to situations, then you can change the course of your marriage. Now, while you're doing your self-assessment, I am going to encourage you to talk with a counselor. Now, let me just break this down. I know people think, oh my goodness, talking to a counselor, I'm not crazy, there's nothing wrong with me. Okay, let's just get this out on the table. Just because you talk to a counselor does not mean that there's something wrong with you. Okay? Okay. There, That is just a myth that I get so tired of hearing about. Not just because I have a master's in psychology, but because talking to a counselor can also be a thing that helps you. I've talked to counselors before, and it's not because I was having any major issue. It's just because I realized, oh, this is something I need to work on, and I needed to talk about it with someone to help me work on a different issue or whatever. So talking to a counselor while you're going through the self-assessment process is going to be a plus for your marriage because a counselor can help you realize why you're acting this way, why you're reacting a certain way. And then they can let you know, okay, well, instead of reacting this way, try reacting this way, do this, or try to do this. You can talk about it. You can come up with a game plan for how you can change your own reactions and how you can change the way you do different things. So you will be able to get to know yourself in a better, in a more intimate level because you understand why you're doing things. Not that, oh, I do this. You understand why you're reacting that way instead of just knowing that you react. And sometimes talking to a counselor can help you do that because I'm just going to tell you, I'm not always honest with myself and a lot of people are not. It's hard to be honest with yourself because when you're honest with yourself, you have to tell yourself, oh, I was being mean. Oh, that was just totally rude. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And you have to be honest with yourself. So having a counselor is going to give you some type of accountability And help you to be honest with yourself on in such a way that you can actually learn and grow from what you are going through and your self-assessment because the whole point is to grow and to learn and if you're not growing and learning then it's a waste of time so so do self-assessment, get to know yourself and what makes you trigger what makes you ticks and what your triggers are, and why? what happened to make you feel this way in this situation. I say talk to a counselor so that together you can navigate through the getting to know yourself and you can also come up with like a game plan, what you should do, of uh, how you can work on diff- different activities that you can do to work on yourself to help your marriage. So th- that is number one. Well, one and two. I would also suggest that you learn how to communicate your needs without blame. And this is important because so many times we communicate our needs, so we blame the other person. Like when I mentioned earlier how if I... If I feel like I'm doing everything, I'll say, oh, well, I'm doing everything and you're not doing anything. So what I'm really doing in essence is blaming my husband like, oh, well, I'm doing this. You're not doing anything and the reason I'm feeling frustrated upset, because it's your fault. You're not helping. You're not doing this. You're being lazy. You're not doing that. That is so unfair because never once was he asked for help. So the point is to communicate your needs without blaming your spouse. And sometimes it's hard to do that because most of us don't even communicate our needs or even ask for help until we're at that point of breaking, until we're at that point of frustration, then we communicate our needs. But that's not how it should be. We should communicate our needs to begin with so that we're doing it without frustration and without blame. So, for example, if you want your husband to help you out with the kids, you may say something to him like, hey, sweetheart, I've been feeling really stressed lately. The kids are really a lot, especially after school. Could you please help me out by doing such and such and such? See, you communicated your need without blame. Or guys, if you um, need help from your wife with maybe keeping the kids quiet during a certain part of the day when you get home from work so you can just relax or calm down. Instead of like avoiding coming home or... Not talking about it and getting frustrated and just giving people a cold shoulder. You should just communicate and say, hey, sweetheart, uh, when I get home, I'm really stressed out from work and everything. Could you please keep the kids quiet for maybe a half an hour? And then after that, I'll watch them for this amount of time so you can have a chance to relax or whatever. But it, it just works out better. See, you communi- communicated your needs without blaming your wife for the kids being loud and quote unquote. Out of control so the point is communicate your needs without blame there are many ways to do this there are books to help you or if you take my advice and talk to a counselor there are ways that you can work on this without um with a counselor and they can help you learn how to communicate your needs without blame but if you don't if you're unable to afford a counselor right now then there are books that you can read about communicating your needs without blame so the whole thing is you communicate what you need but don't blame the other person for being the reason that you your needs aren't being met. So communicate your needs without blame. The next thing is learn how to effectively resolve your issue by dealing with the issue at hand. Yes. This is important, and I mentioned it earlier with my sister and her situation with her husband. We have got to deal with the situation at hand. It's almost like you getting hurt. Let's say, for example, you get hurt. Let's say you're bleeding or whatever. So... You go to the hospital and you're like, okay, doctor, I just need a bandage. But you're bleeding a lot. And he's like, no, we got to find out why you're bleeding. You're like, no, that's not important. Don't need to know why I'm bleeding. I just need a band-aid. And that is what we do in our relationships because that seems totally dumb and crazy. Like, how are you going to go to a doctor or a hospital? Tell them you need a band-aid, but not try to find out the reason why you're bleeding. Or go to the hospital just I need painkillers, but not try to find out the real reason why you are in pain. But we do this in our marriage. We don't try to find out why our spouse is upset. We just get mad because they're upset. We don't try to find out the reason why our spouses may be frustrated. We just get mad because they are frustrated. We don't try to find out the reason why they may not feel like they can talk to us. We just get mad because they don't talk to us. We don't try to find out the real reason for these problems. And so your marriage is not going to get better if you are just putting band-aid after band-aid after band-aid on a symptom of a problem and not dealing with the core issue of the problem. So we need to learn how to effectively resolve our conflict by dealing with the issue at hand. So just like my sister in her situation, instead of dealing with the fact that her husband was upset and blaming her for foolishness and screaming, she didn't even worry about that. She talked to him later on and found out that the real issue was that he was dealing with stress at work. There have been times in my marriage where my husband, Has been like quiet or silent, wouldn't say anything, and I'm a talkative person. So, one way to really frustrate me is like not to talk to you when I'm asking you questions. Or if I'm asking questions, trying to have a conversation, you kind of just like, okay, well, yeah, and not really engaging. That really pisses me off at times. So, I know that in our marriage, there have been times when my husband was like quiet, not saying much, and I was getting mad. Well, fine. Don't talk to me. You know, getting all the attitude because he wasn't communicating. When the problem was later on, I would find out that he was stressed about something or he had something on his mind and he just needed some time to process it, so Me getting upset did not help the situation, and then we get into a big argument. So, the problem was not that he didn't want to talk to me. The problem was that he was dealing with something. He just needed time to evaluate what was going on and to figure it out before he can talk. Because my husband and I are different. I am a talker. So, I talk about everything. I even brainstorm when I'm talking to people. When I talk to people, that's when I come up with my ideas and, you know, it works for me. But he's like the opposite. He needs time to think. And then once he's thought about what he's going to say, he thinks about how he feels about things, then he'll talk to you about it. And it wasn't until I learned this that I realized the issue was not that he was not talking, but the issue was he just needed that time to think. And so that was the thing. He needed time to think, and it wasn't that he didn't want to talk. But it wasn't until I started working on myself and we talked about and discussed it that we realized this is what the problem was. And that he just needed his time to think about things without me getting mad at him because he was not talking. So we managed to deal with that issue at hand, the not talking, and figure out what the problem was, what was going on, and deal with it. And now it's not an issue because if I'm talking to him, he's not saying anything, I'm like, oh, he just has a lot on his mind. And then later on, he comes and he talks to me. So... This is important, which also leads into the next thing I'm going to talk about. Don't take it personal. Yes, do not take it personal. So if your husband is mad at you or if your wife is mad at you or if they snap at you or they're irritable, do not take it personal. Because here's the thing. We all have good days. We all have bad days. And if we took the time and thought about how many times we have snapped at our husband or wives or said something to them that we should not have said, or just been upset, then we would know that it is possible to do, and that if we have done it, of course they're going to do it too. So what I'm saying is this: if your husband is frustrated, he snaps at you or makes like a snide remark or comment. Don't take it personal let yourself calm down or whatever yeah just don't take it personal be like okay he must be having a bad day and then talk to him about it later when he is more rational and then try to come to the reason why what he said why he said what he said or if you know for a fact your wife is not having a good day don't take it personal if she's like makes a rude comment or whatever Let it go, and then talk about it later. I think sometimes the reason it's hard for us to resolve our conflict is because we take it personal. Like, it is difficult to resolve a conflict when we're taking it personal. So if something's being said, I'm like, oh, so you just said this directly to me, and you take it personal, it's harder to resolve the conflict. Here's an example. All right, at my church, the thing that annoys me the most is I hate when people talk about clothes or what people are wearing. So there have been times when people have... um, Mentioned something about clothes or said something. And of course, I got upset. I'm just like, oh, so you feel like you have a right to talk about people's clothes or whatever. And I took it personal. So when I take things personal, then I treat people differently. Why do I treat them differently? Because I feel as if you're attacking me. And my whole philosophy, which I'm working on, not perfect yet, is if you attack me, then I'm coming for you. Which is ridiculous because half the time, if you think about it, people say things, but they're not actually coming for you they're not trying to attack you they're just having a bad day they said it it came out and because we take it personal we're like oh okay this is how you feel then i want to come for you and so many times we do this in our marriage like if our husband or wife is having a bad day they snap they don't return a phone call they don't do whatever we take it personal and we automatically assume the words because we're just like oh you didn't call me back i wonder what you're doing i wonder about this and that and the other when it has nothing to do with that they're just having a bad day. Things are not going good for them. So if you don't take things personal and you remove yourself out of the equation, like, oh, he did this to me, or she said this to me, how dare they? If we took ourselves out of it and was like, okay, they said this, I wonder what's going on with them. Then we would have a better way to approach it because it wouldn't be about how dare you disrespect me? How dare you do this to me? It would be like, Are you okay? What's happening? What's going on? And we would have more empathy and be more sympathetic to what they're dealing with. Because most of our spouses, unless they're really just a psychopath, which I doubt, they're like us. They don't know how to deal with a lot of their emotions or things that they're dealing with. And so, yes, they may not react the way that they should react. But if we just don't take it personal and we try to find out what's happening with them... Then it would be easier for us to resolve the conflict without taking, without fighting and fighting, and find out what the problem is for real. It would just be easier. The next thing is like we got to learn how to forgive, and learning how to forgive is essential and it's important for us to do because if your spouse says something rude to you or they yell or just do something crazy, I don't know. If you don't forgive them, then you cannot work on the problem. If you don't forgive them, you can't resolve the conflict. If you don't forgive them, you can't communicate your needs. What unforgiveness does in a relationship is it tears it down brick by brick by brick. Unforgiveness destroys your trust. So that's one brick you tore down. It takes away your confidence in that person, something else it took away. Oh yeah, it takes away how you think about them. It takes away your feelings for them. It replaces feelings of love and trust with like anger, resentment. Not gonna say hatred, but you know what I'm saying. It just replaces the good feelings that we would normally have, like gratitude and appreciation, with feelings of being resentful, feelings of distrust, not liking them. And over time, all of these things can build up a wall that will destroy your marriage so it's important for us to learn how to forgive so if you ask your husband how's your day he doesn't say anything forgive him don't take it personal move on later on you can say something like hey sweetheart i noticed earlier when i asked you how your day was you seem kind of stressed what's going on is there anything i can do to help something like that because when you learn how to forgive people you can bring out the best in them by learning how to forgive someone who you feel have wronged you and most of the time in our marriage your spouse is the person who is going to probably wrong you or hurt you because you guys are married because you are together the longer you're together i'm sure that they're going to say things because you cannot put on an act all the time and pretend to be somebody that you're not so their true person is going to come out and sometimes the person that they are is like us that you're probably a good person they're just flawed so we have to learn how to forgive them and forgive their flaws just like we would want them and even expect them to forgive our flaws and to accept us as we are we have to accept them the way that they are and learn how to forgive and move forward so many times i've heard people talk about grudges that they held on to for years and never told their spouse about it or even talked about it That's unfair, and it eventually destroyed their marriage. So don't do that. Learn how to forgive, and don't forgive a year from now. Try to forgive as the offense happened, because if you forgive, if your husband says something rude, you forgive immediately, then you can find out, okay, what's going on. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to get mad, because we're human. You probably will get mad. But if you know yourself, and you self-assess, then you can understand why this made you upset. You can deal with that, and then you can also... Get to the core issue of the problem. So learn how to forgive. It's totally important. Another important thing to do is to show gratitude and appreciation. Gratitude can tear down a whole list of faults. So you know we're flawed. I just wanted to like point that out. You're flawed. I'm flawed. Your spouse is flawed. We have problems. We have issues. We have baggage. But here's the thing. We have to look past those things because... That's not who they are. That's a part of what they carry with them. It could be a moment that they're not at their best. But at the core, that's not who they are. So we need to appreciate them for the good person that they are. Appreciate them for the kind things that they do. The loving things that they do. Accept them and show them gratitude for being who they are. And the more gratitude and appreciation you give to your spouse, the more their actions are going to change toward you. The more you thank them, the more you appreciate them, and let them know how much you really they really mean to you, then their actions are going to change. So if you change your actions of always complaining about them and talking down to them or talking about them in negative ways, and if you replace that with gratitude and appreciation, then their attitude and their behavior is going to change. Not because you changed them. No, we cannot change people. We can change ourselves but because you changed yourself and how you viewed your spouse. So that's important. Also, show affection. There is nothing wrong with giving a hug, patting them on the back. I mean, kissing them, whatever. Show affection because that's another way people connect and build bonds with each other by showing affection. And affection does not always have to be sex. Okay, let's just put that out there. Sex is good, but it doesn't always have to be how you show affection. It could be holding hands. It could be something nice. It could even be a text message like, I love you, or something like that, a heart emoji. Showing affection can be a lot of things. So try to show affection at least once or twice a day to your spouse. Don't allow issues to go unresolved. That's the next thing that I think is important. Because the more you let issues go unresolved and you don't work on them, then like I said, you are tearing down your marriage brick by brick, and you are building up a wall that you will not be able to get over. So, if you guys are upset about something, maybe you can't talk about it at that moment. Okay? So, just because you don't let issues go unresolved also does not mean that as soon as it happens, you have to attack it, jump on it, move forward. No. Because sometimes if you jump on issues immediately, you're not gonna have a real result. He's mad, you're mad, or she's mad, you're mad. No one's thinking about it rationally. You're just going off of emotion. So going off of emotion never works. It's not a good idea. So it may be better to allow yourself a cooling down period. And maybe that can be in half an hour. Maybe it could be a whole day and you talk about it in the evening. It could be discussing it the next day. I don't know what the time is right for you, but whenever it is, then you go back after you've all calmed down and let clearer heads prevail, and then you go back and you talk about the issue and get that issue resolved. But do not go months, weeks, years without talking to each other or the resolving issues that need to be resolved. It's also important to have those hard conversations because if you do not have hard conversations with your spouse and just let things go, then this can also build up This can also create problems because you're not talking about things that you need to talk about and your marriage is not getting better because you're not discussing things that need to be discussed. So communication is key. Another thing that I think is important is to spend time with your spouse and get to know them. Yes, so you get to know yourself, but you also need to get to know your spouse because if you get to know them, then you'll understand why they're doing what they're doing and you will be able to not take it personal because you're just like, oh, he's just upset. And you'll know how to talk to him. Here's an example. I have three daughters. I can pretty much pinpoint why each kid is upset, why they're reacting the way that they do, and understand what's going on with them. So because I can understand this, I know to an extent how to deal with each kid while they're having their meltdowns. Because I know my kids. So the important thing is you need to know your spouse. Because if they're having a meltdown, and please people, just because we're grown don't mean we don't throw tantrums. I throw my tantrums. Now maybe I'm not getting on the floor crying, screaming, and kicking my legs, and acting ridiculous. But as a grown up, I do, and I have, thrown tantrums. Whether it's not speaking or being passive aggressive. Yeah, that's our way of throwing a tantrum. So... If you know this about your spouse, oh, they're just upset, they're this, or maybe, oh, they're they're sad, they're this, you will know how to react to them, you'll know how to respond, you'll know how to communicate with them, you'll know not to take it personal, you can forgive them, you can show them affection and gratitude and appreciation because you know that they are feeling this way, you know what is going on with them. Sometimes we take the time to get to know all the negative things about our spouse, like, oh, he's getting upset right now. Or, oh, he's doing this. But we don't take the time to know the good things about them and actually get to know, like, their core. Like, why are, are they acting this way? Why did they react this way? What is it that made them react this way? And let me just break it down. A lot of times, our spouses, and even we, react to things People, places, situations, and actions based on something that we have either experienced in our childhood or we have seen our parents go through in our childhood. Mm -hmm. I did a podcast a while back on how your parents' relationship does affect the relationship that you have with your spouse. And it's not until you get to realize those um, unhealthy patterns that you saw in your parents' relationships or the dysfunctional, or you get past the dysfunction that you saw in your parents' relationships that you can move forward with your relationship and have a healthy and successful one. Now, it can be done, and we people are doing it all the time, but you have to be aware of these things, of these external circumstances that, or factors that affect your marriage so that you can understand what you need to do and and get how you need to react and how your spouse, and why your spouse reacts. So, for example, get to know your spouse. Spend some time with him or her. Spend some time with their parents so that you can understand how they grew up a little bit, how their parents' relationship was, why they may feel a certain way. Get to know them. Get to their core. Understand them. And then you can do all of these things that I suggest in addition to your own self-assessment. And your marriage can get better, and it will get better. And it can get better because you know how to deal with them, because you know them. You don't just know the negative things about them, you know the good things about them. So you know them. So you can pull out the good, maybe when they're having a bad day, and appreciate them in spite of what what they're doing. You can get to know them and get to the core issue of what the problem is. Finally, I would like to bring this all back to us and say, you need to examine your own response. Now, there are a lot of times in my marriage where I'm just going to be honest. My response was warranted, but didn't have to be expressed in anger or frustration. You can give a response to a negative situation that is not negative, but let someone know, okay, I'm disappointed, this, that, and the other, but not be negative where you're screaming at someone, hollering or whatever. That's not acceptable. Screaming and hollering is not a form of communication. That's what kids do when they are unable to communicate their needs and their wants, and sometimes as adults, we don't learn this. So we scream as, as when we were kids. We were screaming at our sisters and brothers. And we never outgrew this habit. So today it's time for us to outgrow the childish way that we communicate. With the screaming, with the yelling, with the passive-aggressive, not talking to you kind of thing. This is grade school stuff. We have to outgrow this. And we have to examine our response. So our responses should be responses that are not hurtful. They should be responses that are appropriate for the situation and responses that are not tearing a person down because we are frustrated or angry. Now, I understand how frustrating it can be, how hurtful it can be if you and your spouse are at a place where you feel like your only option is divorce. But let me assure you that if that you are not the only couple who's feeling this way or who has felt this way, it's good to know sometimes that you're not alone. Because you may think, oh my goodness, you know, we're such failures. I didn't do this. No, you are not alone. Many couples have felt this way. Many couples have almost divorced. But if you ask them now, 20 years later or 30 years later, even five or 10 years after the fact, they can tell you, okay, this is what we did. We used to do this, but we did this. And they can give you some, not advice, but it's good to hear the stories of other people and learn from their mistakes so that we can correct our own mistakes and not so much follow in the same path that they followed. I would even suggest if you know your parents' marriage was dysfunctional, or if you know that your parents' marriage was not healthy, look at that, study it, and then do your best to do differently. Learn what they failed, where they went wrong, where they made mistakes, and you do the opposite. And that is why I say sometimes talking to a counselor can help you mold all this together so that you'll understand why you react a certain way, why you do things, and what you can do to help your spouse and get closer to them and how your communication can get better. And it's important not just to know your parents' relationship habits or what they did, but it's also important to know your spouse's so you can kind of see where they're coming from and why they may react a certain way. And that is why it's important to do that. Yeah, it's a lot of assessment, it's a lot of looking at yourself, and it's a lot of work. But the important thing is If you put in the work in your marriage, you're going to see results. And if you are feeling right now that divorce is the only option, that there's no way out, let me just tell you, it's a good thing that you're feeling this way. Because now you are clearly aware that there is an issue in your marriage. And when you are aware of an issue or a problem, you can fix it. Like, for example, if you had a broken bone in your foot, but your foot never hurt, you would not know to go to a doctor and to get help for your foot or if your lungs had um oh or if your um you had kidney stones but you never felt pain you would never know to go to the doctor and get this taken care of or if your appendix is about to burst but you never felt the pain you would not know to go to a doctor and get help So the important thing I want to tell you is that pain sometimes is necessary. Pain is important. So the fact that you're feeling the pain that you're feeling in your marriage is good because you're aware there's a problem. We've got to fix this. And the fact that you are aware that it is a problem lets me know that it's probably not too late to change the situation. So what I would advise you to do, I know a lot of couples who have enlisted the help of a marriage counselor. So I would advise you to do that too. But if it's not something that you can do or feel comfortable with doing at this time, start with the list of things that I mentioned in the podcast today. With the self-assessment, getting to know yourself, communicate your needs without blame, learn how to effectively resolve your conflict by dealing with the issue at hand, don't take things personal, learn how to forgive, show forgiveness and appreciation, show affection, Don't allow issues to go and resolve, spend time with your spouse and get to know them, examine your own response. These things are helpful, but I would strongly, strongly, strongly suggest that you go through these steps and that you work on yourself with a counselor because then they can help you. They've gone to school with it. They're like the doctor. They've gone to school for this stuff. They understand and they can help you understand what's going on and how to be able to communicate your feelings and talk about things. That is why it's important. And I would suggest if you are going to see a counselor because your marriage is not good or whatever, you don't always have to go with your spouse because sometimes they are a little reluctant to go with you to see a counselor. So you don't always have to go with them. You can go by yourself. And if you go see a counselor by yourself, let them know, hey, my marriage is not in a good place. I want it to get better. I'm here to work on myself to help my marriage get better. They can help you with that. You don't always have to have you and your husband or you and your wife to do this. Sometimes it's just you can do this. Sometimes one person making an effort to change can change everything. It's almost like a team. You can be on a whole team of people and one person can decide, hey, I want to get better at this. They get better and all of a sudden, you know, the team is winning. Now, it is better if the whole team works together to get the win. But sometimes one person can change one thing. Don't let people... Don't even that people tell you that you by yourself cannot do something to improve your marriage because you can. There's a lot of power in one person standing up and saying, you know, I want to save my marriage. I want to do this and this is what I'm going to do. It takes a lot. A person, one person can make a huge difference in a marriage. So, this week what I want to do is just let you know it's not too late. You can do this and that You definitely, one person, can make a huge difference. Now, the song we're going to listen to today is called I Wish You Were Here. And I picked this song specifically for this episode because I know that if you're in a difficult marriage right now and things are not good, that you have some negative feelings about your spouse and things are really hard for you right now. But what I want you to remember is that this is a time where we need to look deep down inside ourselves and find something that we appreciate about appreciate about our spouse, something that we love about them. Because I would hate for you to be in this bad place and something terrible happens to your spouse and you're unable to tell them how much you love them or how much you care for them and how you wish you had done things differently. I don't want there to be any regrets. So right now, while your spouse is alive, and even though you may not be on good terms or you may not feel those same feelings you still love them you still want the best for them you still want to work things out with them so i want you to appreciate them and the reason i picked this song is because i was watching this show i think it was called fatal attraction and it was about a guy whose girlfriend got murdered but they were in bad terms And the girl, I think, was thinking about leaving him. But once she got murdered, he had some regret. He wished there were things he had done differently, said differently, to let her know how much he loved and appreciated him. And right now, you are blessed. You don't have to worry about that right now because your spouse is still here. And even though things may not be good, they're here. So you can talk to them. You can make things right with them. You can work on things so that... And you can fix things. That's the whole thing. It's like as long as people are alive, there is always hope. So you have hope of things getting better. Whereas the guy whose girlfriend was murdered, he doesn't have that hope. There's nothing he can do because his girlfriend is dead. Where you have that hope because your spouse is still alive. So I want to encourage you to think about the positive things about them. And begin to appreciate them. Because the person you have is someone that is there for you. Someone that you have married some that you love and even though things may not be good it doesn't mean that you don't love them it doesn't mean that they don't love you it just means that you're going through a difficult time so i want you to right now think of a couple things about them that you appreciate that you love and begin to try to focus on the good things about them instead of the negative things about them so that you can begin to work on and repair your marriage. Because it would be unfortunate if you were in a bad place and something terrible happened and you never had that opportunity to tell them how much you love them and work things out and have that regret of what you could have done differently. So here's the song, I Wish You Were Here, and I hope it encourages you to work on your marriage.
1: But thought that I'd be standing here without you standing next to me Many things were left unsaid because we had eternity But now you're gone and I'm still here It's hard to hold back the tears Your life ended so suddenly It's hard to believe You'll never take that trip to Canada. You'll never see the rising of the sun. We'll never walk together hand in hand. I miss you. You'll never know who our kids grow up to be. You'll never sit on a floor swing with me. We'll never have a happily ever after. I miss you. I wish you were here with me, with me, I wish you were here with me, I wish you were here with me, with me, it's been one year since you passed, and I'm still here trying to grasp how hard it's been without you, I miss the things we used to do. The kids still ask where you are. I tell them your love is never far. I do the very best I can to keep your memory alive. But we'll never take that trip to Canada. You'll never see the rising of the sun. We'll never walk together. I know our kids grow up to me you never sit on a floor Swing with me we will never have I happily ever after I miss you
0: Today, I would just like to take the time to thank you guys so much for listening to me and for spending time with me each week. It's this year, um, I think in March, I have to go check and see, but I think the third or fourth week of March, it will mark two years since... This show, the Music and buys podcast, has been available. So our two-year anniversary. I am super-duper excited. And I thank you guys for listening and for being here with me each Wednesday. Thank you guys for letting me change the days occasionally when Wednesday was not a good day for the podcast to come out. Thank you. Just thank you for being awesome. Thank you so much for just being amazing friends and people who listen to the podcast. I truly love you guys, and I thank you so much for all of your support. I also want to take this time to thank Anique Music. Anique Music has been sponsoring Music and Vibes for the past year and a half. And I am just thankful for their support and for their sponsorship. unique Music is a publishing company and it rep- Anique Music represents all of the music heard here on the Music and Vibes podcast. So thank you so much, unique Music, for your support. And I look forward to working with you in the future. Now guys, a lot of things are going to be happening that I just want to give you the heads up about. Um, I think that what we're going to do is probably within the next week, but at, or at least by the time we start season four, I'm going to change the name of the podcast. It's still going to be Music and Vibes, but I'm just going to call it the Music and Vibes podcast. And so that will happen the first week in April along when we start season four of the podcast. And so, like I said earlier, If you have not already done so, please go and subscribe because I may add an extra day. I may do something special. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it, but I know I want to do something special for you guys. So go ahead, subscribe to the podcast. I'm going to try to put the link in the show notes so you can subscribe to the podcast and so that... If a day change or if I throw in another podcast, if I do something special for you guys, you'll be able to get it because you have subscribed to the podcast. So I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to put the link to the podcast in the show notes. So just go, click it, subscribe. It doesn't take long at all. And subscribe to the podcast so that you can get all of the information and all the updates for the Music and Vibe podcast. You'll have it immediately when it happens and not have to wait until I either put it out on Facebook or Instagram. So yeah, go subscribe. I also want to tell you guys, it is okay with me if you share this podcast episode with a friend. Please, please, please share this episode with a friend, share it with a family member. If you want to share another episode, it's fine. Like I said, we have been going strong for the past two years almost. So there are tons of episodes for you to pick from. But if you see that or if you know someone who needs to hear this episode today, please share it. And it's easier to share. There should be like a little, not like a triangle, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a little share button and you click on it and it'll tell you how to share it with your friends. So you can share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your page and social media. Just share it because I know that if you enjoyed it, someone else would like to hear it. So guys, thank you so much. I think that's all. If you have any questions or any concerns or you just want to contact me and talk to me, that's cool too. Just message me at the Music and Vibes podcast Facebook page or you can um, DM me on Instagram and that is just called at Music and Vibes. All right, well I think that's all for now. Guys, love you so much. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.